Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duck Stream, presented by Gettle. I'm your host, Alexis Downey. Exciting news. Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center. Keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit gettle.com slash ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Now let's get to this episode of Light the Lamp. And it's really been a while since I've gotten behind the mic and shared some of my thoughts on the Anaheim Ducks this season, some NHL news, some prospect news, all of that. So guess what? Today's episode is that and more. No guest on this episode. It's just going to be me chatting about everything that's happening and sharing some of my thoughts on where we're at in this NHL season. The Ducks now 52 games played. The All-star break is in the rearview mirror. The looming trade deadline is upcoming. So a lot of stuff happening at this point in the year. And it's kind of that time where you start to see teams really turning it on because, you know, that wild card push is there and everything that's happening. But it's a good time, I feel like, for me to talk about some things. So that's what we're going with today. That being February 14th, it's a Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day to all who celebrate. But let's start with some Anaheim Ducks news. And I want to start on the injury front because that has been something that has plagued the Ducks this season. It's really no secret if you've been following along with the team all season long. Really unfortunate on that end just to see how many of the guys have gone down, been on the IR, moved around. And that has really, I feel like, has had an impact on the sense of building chemistry with the lines. There's been a lot of movement with the line combinations this year because of injuries, and it's hard to build that consistency. So that's something that I feel like has affected the Ducks play overall. And if you look at, of course, their record and just where they're at at this point, you know, having those injuries has made such an impact on their season and just the growth of some of these younger players. It's hard to see, you know, a guy like Pavel Mintikov in his rookie year go out with an injury. He had that separated shoulder that he suffered in the game in Nashville on January 9th. He ended up missing 11 games, but just returned back in that game against Montreal on Tuesday this week. Great to have him back in the lineup. But you think about that. I mean, a guy in his rookie year starting just to take it all in, learning a lot on the back end, certainly, and just gets injured. You know, it's it's tough to see, but obviously a part of this game. Unfortunately, it's just been such a storyline with the Ducks this season. As a part of that, too, Trevor Zegra is still on the IR. He had a broken ankle uh, out six to eight weeks. He also suffered that injury in that game in Nashville on January 9th. Was not a good night for the Ducks on that end, of course, losing some of their guys. But Trevor Zegras, you know, he's only played 20 games in this NHL season. And if you look at his production, I know that's been something that a lot of people have talked about. Four goals, three assists, seven total points. But again, I just go back to when he signed his contract in the summer. One of the big points of emphasis was working on his defensive game. And I think that really started to develop right before he got his injury. Uh, you know, there there were some flashing moments that we saw in his play where he started to kind of look like the Trevor Zegers that we knew. I think back to that game, of course, when he had his lacrosse style goal right around the holidays. Um, but 
You know, it's been an interesting year watching Trevor Zegras, and of course he's faced some adversity on the end of injuries, unfortunately. So I think that maybe has affected him. And I also think about from the sake of his mental health on that end, because when you go out and you're not playing in games, you have to watch from the side, you're watching film on your own, you're skating on your own. Once you know, you're getting back to that point. I can imagine that it's been a difficult year for Trevor Zegras on that end. And of course, frustrating from the offensive side of his game, but hoping to see Trevor Zegras back soon and hoping to see some of those flashes of his game that we know that we saw right before he did get injured. Another guy on the IR for the Anaheim Ducks, Alex Kalorn. This one was also bad timing. I feel like not that there's ever good timing, but bad timing for Alex Kalorn. He's someone who also I felt like was starting to pick it up right before his knee injury. And, you know, he's been out some time now. He's missed eight games. He's out four to six weeks uh, in total. And I look at his numbers this year, 34 games played, six goals, 13 assists, 19 total points. And when you look at some of his more recent games prior to that injury, his last game played January 16th at Washington. You know, he had that two goal game against the Florida Panthers. That was probably his best game playing in a duck sweater this season. So unfortunate on the ducks end to lose a guy like Alex Kalorn. You lose that veteran presence as well up front has to change around that top line because he was starting to build that chemistry with Leo Carlson and Now Leo has been playing alongside Adam Henrique, Ryan Strom, occasionally Troy Terry up front. So just overall, the line combinations have been a bit crazy this season because of all the injuries. But I feel like we're starting to see some consistency and some chemistry on that end. And I think one of the areas that has surprised me was Isaac Lundestrom, Jacob Silverberg, that pairing, how well they've played together, how well they manage the puck. It's just very seamless. The two of them playing on a line together. And that has really been awesome to see. It's really great also on that end to see Isaac Lundestrom emerging back after the injury he had. So overall, just a lot of things for the Ducks on that end this season, and it's just ever-changing, but certainly hoping that they can make it through this next stretch of their season just to the end of the year. Hopefully unscathed. We don't want any more injuries. No team ever wants injuries, but we really don't want any more injuries because of all the man games lost that we've experienced this year. And on that end as well, the Ducks 11 one goal losses this season. Their record through 52 games is 18, 32 and two. I think that speaks a lot to the growth in general under this new system with head coach Greg Cronin. I mean, I think back to last year and there was a lot of games where the team was out of it. I mean, they were out of it early, but in some of these games this year, that's not the story. You see that fight, that competitive spirit quite a bit more. And maybe that comes from adding a guy like, you know, Radko Gudison to the lineup who can kind of spark things up. Ross Johnson, that physical presence occasionally when he's in the lineup trying to bring that. Uh, You kind of see that a little bit with Sam Carrick as well, too. And Sam Carrick has also been someone that's had a great season. But overall, I mean... 11 one-goal losses, really close games that the Ducks have played this season. And some of those games, you know, they shouldn't have lost if you think back on it. But that's just the way hockey goes, unfortunately, sometimes. And 
some of those games looking to, you know, revenge those losses. I think back to that Toronto Maple Leafs game falling in overtime. Lukas Dostal getting that saves record. That was an incredible game at Honda Center. If you were there or if you were watching it, such an incredible game from Anaheim in the sense of how well they stayed in that against, you know, one of the top teams in the NHL with some of the stars that they have in Toronto, but excited to take on that Toronto team on Saturday as a part of this road trip that the Ducks are on. A couple more stats on the end of the Ducks season. 10 overall comeback wins this season. Nine of them third period comeback wins, which is tied for first in the NHL. They're tied with the Detroit Red Wings on that end for third period comeback wins. This is something that has been yet again another storyline this year. The comeback kids, we started calling them on the Duck Stream broadcast, and a lot of those wins coming a bit earlier in the season. But, you know, you don't always want to be down in the third period, but, you know, I guess it's good when you can find a way to win because that's what it does come down to. The Ducks special teams, that's an area I kind of want to talk about because, again, the injuries have changed around, you know, some of those units, at least on the power play end, especially, uh, you know, at one point we saw Jackson Lacombe there, Pavel Mitchikov there. Uh, it's changed around quite a bit. Jamie Drysdale, when he was still a part of the Ducks organization, obviously a part of that too. But the power play has now fallen to 21st in the NHL at 18.6%. If my memory stands me correct, I think the highest the power play was ranked was 14th at one point. So that's been difficult to watch as I think back to the game in Montreal this week. Last night it was, as I'm recording this, the team struggled there 0 for 3, but then the game against the Edmonton Oilers 2 for 2. But then you look a couple games before that, before the All-Star break, the power play hadn't been able to find the back of the net, hadn't generated a whole lot recently. So that just kind of ebbs and flows with the season. But hoping to see more from the power play, especially on this road trip right now. On the other end, penalty kill. They are now 25th in the NHL, 77.4% falling in that category as well. But hey, that all leads to the amount of penalties that the Ducks have taken this season. And I will say, before I get into this topic, I am happy to see that the Ducks do seem to be taking less penalties. But they still do lead the NHL overall 285 penalties Uh, averaging 14.3 per game. The game in Montreal was an example of that. They gave up six power play chances to the Canadians, but it does seem like we're at a point in the year where they have still been taking less penalties, but we just know how much going down on the PK continuously in a game can hurt the team. And we saw that, especially in that Montreal game on Tuesday, because they did give up two goals on that end. But just an area that the the team just needs to make sure they're staying disciplined, staying out of the box, especially against some of these top power plays in the NHL and hoping that that continues to tighten up as they continue this road trip. So on that end, the road trip I'm talking about, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto and Buffalo four game road trip. The team is on the road for six games in total in the month of February, only three home games. It's a really light month of hockey for the ducks before we just get it going in the month of March. We have a game every single Sunday in the month of March, whether they're away or home. So 
a lot of games coming up in that month. So February, kind of a nice month to reset a little bit. That's why we did have, you know, of course, the all-star break. The Ducks were off for quite a while there. Frank Petrano, though, representing the team well in Toronto. Shout out to him. A three-point performance in his game with Team Hughes. That was awesome to see for the first time all-star, but the Ducks came back and played a tough Edmonton Oilers team, a team that had just snapped their 16-game win streak. 16 games the Oilers won. They won every single game in the month of December. I just can't even fathom that. I think about that, and to win every single game in a month it's just really impressive. Uh, but obviously they fell to the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Ducks didn't have to worry about having to break their streak. Although that would have been pretty fun if they had the opportunity to. So I think back to that game against the Oilers first game back from the all-star break. It was a five to three loss for the Ducks in the end, but it was a close game. Honestly, the second period, maybe not the best good start by the Ducks in that first period. Overall, a strong effort in the third as well. Adam Henrique extended his point streak to seven games now up front. You know, there's a lot of great things that we could say about Adam Henrique. He's been with this Ducks organization for a while and he brings so much and he's a guy that you want on your team. So with everything that's being said right now, as we get closer to that trade deadline, it'll be interesting to watch what kind of moves the Ducks, if any, decide to do. But I know that obviously Adam Henrique's name has been mentioned quite a bit. So he's someone that I know that the Ducks certainly love to have as a part of their team. I mentioned that Montreal game too this week. That was last night as I'm recording this. To be honest, it's a game I don't really want to talk much about. Uh, I think it's one that the team wants to forget, move on from. It's one that I would like to put behind me as well. Nothing seemed to be working in the Ducks' favor. They had a season low, 13 shots on goal, little puck management overall, and that's something that head coach Greg Cronin preaches. Just a team that manages the puck well, possesses the puck more, is going to win the game. The Ducks did not do that. In Montreal on Tuesday, it was the sixth time they were shut out this season. Hopefully, we don't see any more of that this year, especially because the team was playing pretty well in their more recent games. They had that little win streak heading into the All-Star break with wins in Minnesota and then also against the San Jose Sharks. So hoping we can get some of that momentum back for the rest of this trip. Ottawa, Toronto, and Buffalo. I mentioned that Toronto game I'm really excited for on Saturday, considering that last meeting back on January 3rd. That overtime loss, Dostal, Dost Wall showing up huge in that game. Kind of hoping that he can go into Toronto, maybe get the start on Saturday. I guess we'll see because he did get the start against Montreal on Tuesday. Not really sure what the team will be doing on that end, but it would be cool to see Lukas Dostal go into Toronto, get the start, show up, show out, and hopefully get a win for the Ducks there because he is very deserving of that opportunity, especially from what we saw in their last meeting. But a guy like Austin Matthews is always fun to watch as well, leading the NHL in goals right now, of course. I mean, He's someone that you want to keep off the score sheet. So that'll be a fun game on Saturday. Of course, I mentioned that upcoming trade deadline, March 8th at noon Pacific time, just to give you an idea of the Ducks unrestricted free agents after this season. 
Adam Henrique, I already mentioned him a little bit ago. Jacob Silverberg, another one. Sam Carrick and Ilya Labushkin. The four of them are unrestricted free agents after this season. And I want to round this out by sharing some fan events that you Ducks fans can potentially look forward to in the upcoming week. We will be celebrating Lunar New Year at our next home game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's a seven o'clock start time locally. So that is our next home game. As I mentioned, only three home games, so not a lot of chances to come out and see your Ducks at Honda Center. But if you want to get ready and get your tickets for that game next Wednesday, the day after that, we have the Ducks Days at Disney. Two days this year. Last year, there was only one day. This year, we've got two on February 22nd and 23rd. Those are going to be really, really fun. I remember my first Ducks Day at Disney last year. It was awesome to meet everyone that came out, learn all the stories about why you're a Ducks fan and whatnot, see the players in the parade. Just an awesome special day. So if you're thinking about it, I would definitely recommend going if you are able to, because it is a pretty fun day and you get to interact with Ducks players, uh, get to meet other Ducks fans. And like I said, we'll be there. Ducks stream will be there. DJ Jojo will be there. Uh, I mean, there's so many different parts of the Ducks that are a part of this Ducks day and we have some special things in store for you. So if you're thinking about it, like I said, maybe think about Find those tickets now. And just a reminder that we have exciting news. Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center. Keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit gettle.com slash ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. All right, so I want to transition now to some overarching league news because there's a couple things that are happening around the NHL right now that I want to get into. On the end of rookies, of course, I've mentioned the Ducks rookies, and I forgot to mention, so I'm going back to that real quick. The Anaheim Ducks are fourth in the NHL for scoring by rookies as they have a combined 54 points. And Pavel Mintikov, Great to see him back in the lineup. As I mentioned, he is still fifth in rookies with 17 assists. So fifth on the end of assist with rookies. And keeping with that, you know, it's been Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. That's what everyone talked about going into this season. We, of course, pumping Leo Carlson. I mean, I don't need to say much about him. If you've had the chance to watch him this season, he is going to be a star. I love watching Leo in our games. Just the way he takes control, makes plays, makes the guys around him better. Obviously, we even see that, as I mentioned, you know, he's playing alongside Adam Henrique. Rico just had that seven-game point streak. Leo Carlson was a part of that. So I don't need to preach to you too much how much Leo Carlson has made a difference and how much he is going to make a difference for this Ducks organization in the future, because I hope you guys already know that because I can't say enough good about him and how excited I am to see him grow within this organization. But in talking about rookies, I don't want to talk about Connor Bedard. I want to talk about Brock Faber. He is someone that is truly emerging in this Calder conversation just more and more. And I had the chance to talk to him when I was on the road in Minnesota. Really enjoyed my conversation with him, but it was mostly surrounding his relationship 
with Jackson Lacombe as they were teammates at the University of Minnesota, how excited they were to play against each other for the first time in the NHL. Just all of that, how they still text all the time. They're really close friends. Uh, So getting to talk to Brock about Jackson was special, but just in looking at what Brock Faber has been able to do, he's now tied with Connor Bedard for first in points for rookies. He has 33 points on his season so far. The defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, 52 games played, four goals, 29 assists for 33 points. His last game out on February 12th against the Vegas Golden Knights had a two-point game. He's now currently on a three-game point streak. Brock Faber is someone that I think deserves to be talked about a little bit more for what he's been able to do as this season continues on. He gets minutes on the power play. He is someone that the Minnesota Wild have been able to rely on on that back end. And he's so young. He's obviously a rookie. So just a name that you should keep your eye on as that conversation continues to build down this last stretch of the NHL season. Another storyline around the league that, of course, we're going to talk about because it was kind of an interesting situation that happened in the Toronto Maple Leafs and Ottawa Senators game on Saturday. So Ridley Gregg goes down empty net, slap shots a puck into the empty net. If you saw the play, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Empty net slap shot. Okay. Skates over to the side. Maple Leafs defenseman Morgan Riley takes a problem with that. He goes, cross-checks him in the head, into the boards. Chaos ensues. Morgan Riley ends up getting a major penalty and a game misconduct for it. There wasn't much time left in that final third period, but ends up getting that game misconduct. Now we find out that he is suspended for five games for that cross-check on Greg on Saturday. So... Some people are in favor of it. Some people are not. Me personally, you know, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with a slap shot into an empty net. Maybe the rivalry kind of added to it. You know, that Ottawa, Toronto budding rivalry, we'll call it again. They're trying to bring it back a little bit, but I don't have an issue with a slap shot into an empty net. I really don't. I don't think it's disrespectful. I think you're just excited. You're solidifying the win. It's a big win over a Toronto team that's very good. But Morgan Riley, what he did wrong was, you know, I understand maybe pushing him, getting in his face a little bit, but he cross-checked to the head. It just, that's pushing it too far. So not in favor of the cross-check to the head, obviously gets that suspension. I think that's warranted five games. It's It's a number of games. We won't be seeing him in the Ducks game on Saturday against Toronto. So No worries on that end, but interesting that, you know, that was in the heat of the moment. I feel like maybe the emotions got to Riley a little bit, hence why he went and did that. But I I don't think that was necessary. I really don't. I think a slap shot into an empty net. It's okay. It's fine. Just move on with it. You know, your team has lost. It is what it is. So that's my take on that. But I know other people may not agree. Some might agree, some might not. So that's my take on that end. Another piece of NHL news that I was kind of excited to see yesterday. I saw this during our Ducks game in Montreal. Phil Kessel is maybe coming back to the NHL. He sat out so far this season. He was with the Vegas Golden Knights last year, part of that Stanley Cup winning team. The 36-year-old, he's a free agent. He had 
36 points with Vegas last year. And of course, he has that pretty cool Ironman record, 1,064 NHL games played consecutively. Very, very impressive. So Bill Kessel is set to work out with the Vancouver Canucks American Hockey League affiliate, the Abbotsford Canucks. And I find this kind of exciting because Bill Kessel is good for hockey. He has been liked on every single team he has been a part of. And Canucks head coach Rick Tockett said that he's just going to skate for two or three days. Then they're going to reevaluate. So I guess we can't get too excited about it yet, but certainly something to keep our eyes on. And I know that Tockett and Kessel have previously been together when they were both in Pittsburgh, when Tockett was an assistant there, Phil Kessel, part of the team with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'll be curious to see how this one shakes out. Some people on the internet saying, you know, oh, why would they do that? But as I mentioned, Phil Kessel has been liked on every team he's been on. He's a veteran. He brings, you know, maybe a, a bottom six forward presence for the Canucks, just adding some depth on that end. I don't see anything wrong with it. Vancouver is clearly looking ahead to their postseason already. They've had an incredible year. They're still leading the NHL right now, 78 points, 36 wins, 12 losses, six overtime losses. So, I mean, <laughs> why not? If you're the Canucks, if you can swing it, why not take a look at that? I, I don't mind that for them. So that brings me to the next storyline around the NHL, the Arizona Coyotes. This has just been the news the last, I don't even know how long it's been. We've been talking about where are the Arizona Coyotes going to end up? Are they going to stay in Arizona? There's been this talk about a Salt Lake City team, an Atlanta team. What are What's going to happen? Well, they've made it pretty clear that they want to stay in Arizona. In fact, the Arizona Coyotes Twitter account back on February 7th, making an announcement that it is their plan to stay in Arizona. And the plan, exactly what it is, is coming soon. They have a list of different sites that they're working through. Now, there was a Sports Business Journal article that cited the Arizona Republic that said the team has actually applied to purchase land in the northern part of Phoenix. So, it seems like they're in the works and maybe we're going to hear an announcement on that end. But I I don't know. I feel like it's just been a carousel. We're just waiting to hear where the Arizona Coyotes are going to end up. Are they going to stay in the desert? Are they going to keep hockey in the desert? I think there's a lot of good that the Coyotes have brought to bringing hockey to the desert. I mean, it's important to grow the game. And I think that they've done a great job with that in Arizona. But at what point, you know, does it keep working? Is it not going to work? I don't know. So going to be looking for that announcement soon. In a part of me, you know, they I hope that they're able to work it out because moving the team would, of course, affect a lot of people. But I'll be curious to see what this announcement entails, if they're able to get, you know, a majority public vote, if there anything with that is involved this time. I don't know. It's It's been just a, a lot over the last couple of years. But one thing I do also want to talk about with the Arizona Coyotes, because I thought it was so cool. The Coyotes just did a siblings trip, which I don't know personally if I've ever seen a team do a siblings trip. I say that and I might have before, but 
What was special about this one was that Nick Schmaltz's sister, Kylie, shotgunned a beer in the suite after he scored in the game on Saturday. And there's a video of it going around on Twitter. Um, I think that's so fun. I think it's great that they're able to have their siblings with them. Uh, I would love to do that if I was on the road. I would love to have my siblings with me. But I thought that was just a unique thing that the Coyotes were able to do. The next thing I want to look ahead to the stadium series that's coming up this weekend for the NHL on Saturday, the Flyers and Devils facing off at eight o'clock. The Jonas Brothers performing before that game on Saturday. I used to be a Jonas Brothers fan, so I might tune in for that one on Saturday. And then Sunday, the Rangers and Islanders taking on each other at three o'clock Eastern time. So It's a weekend full of hockey. Of course, the Ducks will also be playing, which brings me to the realization that I'm probably not going to be able to see the Jonas Brothers performance because that's going to happen during our Ducks game. So I'm just going to have to watch the replay of that. But certainly the stadium series this weekend for the NHL. And then the last thing I want to talk about with the league is just the scoring race right now. Nikita Kucherov, what a season this guy has had. 90 points on his year. Nathan McKinnon in second, 87 points. And then we see Connor McDavid and David Pasternak at 77 points tied for third. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to see what all of those guys are able to do down the wire and see who gets this scoring title for this 2023-24 NHL season. All right, let's move to a look at our San Diego Gulls team. Now, little prospect update for you before I round out this show. I am just so proud of the way that the San Diego Gulls have been playing as of late. 7-2-1 as I'm recording this in their last 10 games. They have points in 11 of their last 13 Things are gelling down in San Diego. We just had Matt McElvain on the show a couple weeks ago. That's the head coach for the Gulls. He gave some great insight on how some of the younger guys have been developing in their first professional seasons. Guys like Nikita Nestorenko, Nathan Gaucher, uh, just to name a few. So looking forward to continuing to see what the Gulls have been able to do. Also, Olin Zellweger back with them. He was their American League all-star this year. He was their representative. The Gulls, happy to have him as a part of that. They have a game, as I'm recording this today, against the San Jose Barracuda. But if we go back to last weekend, they swept the Calgary Wranglers. Great stuff from the Gulls over the weekend. And in the game on Saturday, five power play goals, which is the most power play goals in a single game, a franchise record for the Gulls. Some impressive stuff on the special teams units for them. And on that end, Glenn Godden was named the American Hockey League Player of the Week this week with a career-high five points in that game on Saturday. And then goaltender Tomas Sukunik, Co-leads the AHL with a 930 save percentage. He also had a shutout on Friday in their game, stopping 38 shots. Overall, some great stuff from the San Diego Gulls. And, you know, maybe we'll get to see some of those players up with the Anaheim Ducks as we look ahead to the end of the season. You never know, but hopefully we'll get to see some of those guys coming up. Otherwise, I think that does it for me with this episode of Light the Lamp. I know that was a lot of information, a lot of talking, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that I was able to maybe catch you up on some things that you weren't aware of, whether it was with the Ducks or in the NHL in general. 
As always, thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. And make sure to come back again next time for more Hockey Talk on DuckStream, presented by Gettle. And get your home cozy with Gettle Rejuvenation for just $129. We'll prep your HVAC for the season so you're ready to cheer on our ducks. Call 866-671-9822 or visit gettle.com slash ducks. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.